What's up guys and welcome to the Wheelchair Pulpit Podcast. Hope everyone is having a good day and a great start to their week. And today's episode, I've got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, in relations to uh, the Gators, Aaron Rodgers and his vaccine status, uh, the Atlanta Braves and some news and my reviews on the Marvel Studios Eternals movie and the upcoming Spider-Man movie. But first, I want to give a an early happy Veterans Day to the men and women who who served, who are serving right now, and who will serve in the future. Uh, thank you for keeping our country safe and all that you do. But before I get into everything I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to open up in a word of prayer, like I always do. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for giving me this platform to do this podcast. And I pray this for your person's name. Amen. So, everybody knows that I talk about the Gators when I start this podcast. And I give my thoughts and opinions on the game and how the players played, especially Emory Jones, but today I'm not going to do that. Today I'm going to strictly talk about the coaching staff and how they how they did this past weekend when they played South Carolina, and they lost pretty badly to South Carolina 40-17, to and I'm not like like I said. I'm not going to talk about the players. I'm going to strictly talk about the coaching, and specifically Dan Mullen and uh, Todd Grantham. So I haven't been asked critical or less opinionated on the coaching staff as I should be. It's been a very stressful year so far when it comes to the coaching staff and the way Dan Mullen and his crew have been handling some of the games. And I put on my poll on my social media pages uh, if Dan Mullen, Todd Grantham, or both should be fired. So last night news came out saying that Todd Grantham, the head defensive coordinator and their offensive line coach have been uh, let go from the Florida Gators program and I felt like that was a long time coming. Uh, I'm going back and forth with a fellow on Facebook about the decision making on letting Todd Grantham go and the offensive line. And I'm not going to say any names, but uh, he's saying that it's all Dan Mullen. And when it comes to recruiting and uh, some of the decision-making that is being made, and he's saying Dan Mullen is the problem. And he is 
kind of just going, saying about uh, the recruiting and uh, everything that Dan Mullen has done. Now, I'm not re refute. I'm not saying that uh, Dan Mullen has done a an exceptional and great job as head coach. Uh, I feel like he's he's done the job that he's been doing ever since he was hired as head coach. He's taken us to bowl games. He took us to the SEC championship last year uh, with a number one to total offense with Kyle Trask, Kadarius Tony, and Kyle Pitts. Uh, I feel like he's done a great job with our offense in the few years. Uh, I feel like this year has tremendously gone down when it comes to productivity in the quarterback, uh, specifically Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but ever since day one, Todd Grantham has been a very inconsistent, a very non-productive defensive coordinator. And I felt like ever since last year, he should, he should, he should have been gone as defensive coordinator. Um, I'm kind of confused about the offensive line coach being let go because we are the, we are the top rushing team in the nation. Uh, so I feel like there's some internal stuff going on, but as it, as it comes to Todd Grantham, he has not been a great defensive coordinator. Uh, his philosophy is zone defense, where, in my opinion, when it comes to our athletes, our athletic abilities, and the conference that we're in, we need to be more into a man-to-man -man coverage. And I feel like we need to get someone who's a man-to-man -man coordinator and someone who's aggressive. Uh, now, Dan Mullen has, has not been aggressive. He's been very uh, controversial when it can, comes to what he says on the mic and his recruiting status. Now, I agree that Dan Mullen isn't the best recruiter, but it's hard to be a great recruiter and a great coach. Um, I feel like Ed Ergeron from LSU, he's stepping down from the LSU head coaching job after this year. He's a great recruiter, but not a great coach. Uh, Dan Mullen is a great coach, a great offensive mind, a great quarterback coach, but he's not a great recruiter. Um, I feel like Nick Saban, uh, Davo Sweeney, and Kirby Smart, they are both great coaches and great recruiters. Would I love to have those three as a, a head coach for the Gators? I would love to have that. But they're not going to leave Alabama. They're not going to leave Clemson. They're not going to leave Georgia. So I'm not going to stress over that. What I am going to stress is that 
he needs to be more aggressive when it comes to recruiting. He does need to figure out a way to recruit these big-name scouts. And I told the guy that's on that's on Facebook, I, tell, I told him that it doesn't matter the star, the many stars that are on a recruit's profile. If you can't coach them and you can't develop them to their abilities, then it doesn't really matter because there have been, like Oklahoma, for instance, um, they recruit high-level offensive recruits, but they don't exceed expectations. They especially on the defensive side. So if Dan Mullen is to be regarded as both a great coach and a great recruiter, he needs to figure out a way to adjust his recruiting style, uh, how to approach his recruiting, and that's how he's going to recruit these big-name scouts that are coming out and I don't believe he's 100% the problem uh, I do believe he needs to switch some stuff up when it comes to uh, his crew and who he hires um, but be because this past weekend when he played when they played South Carolina they just looked defeated. They they looked like they gave up, um, and that's something that a coach needs to recognize and really adjust. And I feel like that was a good move on the Gators' part to uh, switch some styles up, switch some stuff up in the uh, coaching crew, and... Because we have the players, we have the we have the players that can make it work. We have the players that will take us far. And now it's all depending on the rec the recruiting, the coaching, uh, because our schedule uh, is is very easily handled. And after the Losses to Alabama, Kentucky, uh, Georgia, and LSU, and now South Carolina. We've got to take the rest of this year and really hunker down because if we don't play to our expectations, we're going to miss out on the bowl game. And if we miss out on the bowl game, then yes, I absolutely agree that Dan Mullen needs to be uh, taken away as the head coach, but right now, Todd Grantham is the reason that our defense has been playing poor, and uh, I'm curious to see who they get. If they uh, go out and try to find a new recruit, a new defensive coordinator, or if they'll promote a defensive uh, assistant to the Heck, the head defensive coordinator's position. So, 
the college football playoff rankings came out last week, and to no surprise, Georgia was number one, uh, Alabama two, Michigan State three, and Oregon top uh, at number four. And I agree with that, uh, those rankings, because Cincinnati, to their schedule, is very cupcake-ish. Um, Ohio State's number five, and I haven't been too big on the Big Ten and the American Conference when it comes to their schedule, because if they play teams like uh, a Georgia, uh, a an Alabama, teams in the SEC, then they're not going to go undefeated. They'll go maybe three losses at best. And here's my stand on the playoffs. And I've I've been on this since the very first time they came out with the college football playoff uh, stands is it needs to be expanded. And it's going to be expanded as it should be. Um... My thought process is, if this is just my own opinion, is that the conference champions are the top four. They get a bye, and then the next, and then the next four in the playoffs should play uh, in a bowl game. They should play each other. They should play against teams that are in the top 10. Uh, And then after those games are done, then they play the top four, which are the conference champions. Uh, I feel like they overthought this. I feel like they needed to change something from the BCS uh, polls, and they... I mean, I could go in and do the college football rankings. Um, some smoking off the streets, who knows, quote-unquote, who knows college football. They should go in and do the rankings because everybody's not going to have Everybody's not going to be pleased. We're in, we as humans aren't always going to be satisfied with uh, the results of other people's perspectives. And, you know, it's uh, it needs to be changed, and it will be changed. Uh, but that's just my thought process on how the college football playoffs should be. Um... And I, I don't think it really matters. I don't think anybody's going to beat Georgia. Uh, they're my pick to 
uh, win it all, and I'm going to stand by that. So in the in the news of the NFL, uh, Aaron Rodgers has been the main topic of controversy. So it all started when a reporter asked uh, Aaron Rodgers if he's been vaccinated and what his stance is on the NFL's vaccine rules. And he came out and he answered it. And he said, yes, I've been immunized. Now, then it came up saying that he wasn't COVID vaccinated uh, and that he tested positive for COVID, which anybody that uh, got the vaccine could be sustained, could be susceptible to COVID. And everybody's calling him a liar. Everybody's saying he was untruthful. Now, if you go on by technicality, I mean, there are many immunizations out there. And he could have been immunized as uh, as a young man. But I've been, this is my stance on the vaccine when it comes to the NFL. It's none of it's none of our business. Uh, I personally, I could care less if he got vaccinated because that's his that's his right. Now, he is employed by the NFL. He is under contract to go by the rules, and he broke the rules. Now he has to uh, face the consequences whatever consequence there is, and it, he needs to understand that, yeah, since he wasn't COVID vaccinated, then he is putting his uh, family, his teammates, everybody in the building uh, on, on notice, but, I mean, it's, there was no, there was no right for that reporter to really ask him if he's vaccinated because none, it's really none, none of their business. Now, should he have been upright truthful and say, no, I have not been COVID vaccinated? Then, yeah, I get that point. But, again, it's none of our business whether he's been uh, COVID vaccinated. Uh, he should have been upright truthful uh, about it and... I mean, everybody's going to have a difference in opinion. Everybody is going to either defend him or uh, go up against him. And he, now he has to sit out 10 days due to him being tested positive for COVID. And, you know, he has to face whatever consequence that the NFL is going to put upon him and the Green Bay Packers as an organization because it's hard for, for you to convince me that they did not know that he wasn't COVID vaccinated. Um, and, you know, everybody is a health, quote-unquote, health expert. Um, I have to talk to my nurses about 
stuff that pertain to me because I'm not a health expert. I know what is going on with my body, but they know more than I do. That's why they go to uh, school for so many years to get their uh, medical degree, their nursing degree. Uh, so at the end of the day, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, uh, should he have been up front about not being COVID vaccined? Yeah. Now, was he lying about being immunized? I don't know. I don't know Aaron Rodgers personally. Um, do I believe that he may have been immunized as, at a young age? Most likely. Because everybody is either immunized with uh, some type of like the chicken pox, they, uh, they get an immunization shot from chicken pox uh, at a young age. So, I mean, technically, yeah, he was immunized, but uh, not being COVID vaccined and uh, going upright with that, then, yeah, he, he lied, and then uh, he has to face the consequences. So... The Atlanta Brave finished out the this past Major League Baseball season as World Series champions, and I've been an avid Brave fan for all my life, and I'm so happy for them. I'm especially happy for Freddie Freeman, uh, who... Out of everybody in that organization, he deserves he deserves being uh, a champion. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I told him that if the Braves want to keep him and he wants to stay with the Braves, then he'll either get a one- to two-year extension with some uh, benefits if they can't come to a mutual understanding then he'll most likely retire or go somewhere else. Uh, but if they have any hope or any wishes on repeating or going back to the World Series or playoffs, then they need to do whatever they can to keep the team that they have now because that team is young with uh, Austin Riley and others and... Freddie Freeman is, he's not as young as he once was, so he's going to uh, be on the free agent and on the trade market. So if they have any chances on repeating, then they need to figure out a way to keep everybody happy in that organization and... If they want to keep Freddie Freeman, then a one to two year, maybe three year extension uh, would be best. So I went and saw the new Eternals movie by Marvel Studios this past weekend, and it wasn't the best. Now, it wasn't the worst, in my opinion. I feel like Captain Marvel was, in my opinion, the, the, the worst uh, MCU movie. Uh, I felt like there were a lot of plot holes. I felt like the Captain Marvel movie dragged out. And a lot could be said about 
the Eternals movie. Uh, there was some stuff that were questionable. Uh, the acting at times was subpar. Uh, and I feel like those kinds of movies that uh, are going to be big budget or either going to be critically raved or uh, critically panned. And it was crit, crit, uh, the critics on Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 49% uh, with an 86% audience score. Uh, I feel like the critics score was a little bit low. But I also feel like the audience score was really high. So if I was to give Eternals a percentage score, I would give them a 50 to 53 percent. Uh, kind of keep it in the 50 and 60 percent. But it wasn't the best. It wasn't my favorite. Um, but another another news that just broke last night. Uh, the new Spider-Man No Way Home poster uh, was published and was posted out there. And it contained uh, Sp Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It contained uh, Dr. Octopus from the Sam, Sam Raimi era when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man. It had the Green Goblin from... Tobey Maguire's movies, and rumor has it that Jamie Foxx's Electro and other Spider-Man villains from the past will be in it, and it's going to center around the multiverse storyline, and I'm super excited for this. Uh, I talked about it in, my, in the last podcast episode that the Spider-Man teaser trailer uh, broke the Avengers Endgame trailer for 24 hours viewed with 300 and with the Spider-Man trailer getting 355 million views in 24 hours. So that just goes to show how much the Spider-Man movie will be uh, viewed and will be uh, predicted. So that's all I have for this episode. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, if you're on Twitter, go follow the new Wheelchair Pulpit Podcast Twitter account at WheelchairPP. That's the Wheelchair Pulpit Podcast at WheelchairPP. Uh, Go follow. That's where I'll be making my, posting my podcast episodes. So again, thank you for tuning in. Uh, and let me end this episode in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you again for giving me a platform to do this podcast. And I pray that everyone who listens, listens to this will be encouraged. And I pray this in your precious name. Amen.